Hey beautiful teachers, I'm Nicola Canton from Vibrant Music Teaching. Welcome to the show that's about you. This podcast gives you a sneak peek into the lives and businesses of private music studio teachers so that you can share in their successes, learn from their mistakes and feel part of a global community that's dedicated to sharing music with others. Today, we're talking to Rupika Batla, a piano and voice teacher in Noida, India. Rupika was one of the lucky ones who had her former teacher to guide her when she first started teaching. In this interview, she shares her lessons from preschoolers, games, and so much more. Thank you so much for being here. First of all, I want our guests to get to know you a little bit better in a kind of different way, a VMT style way with a game. So can you tell us two lies and one truth about yourself? And I'll try to guess which one is true. Okay. So the first one would be, I don't believe in games as part of learning. The second one would be, I left a fancy MNC job to start piano lessons. And the third one would be, I've written my own book of music for kids. Okay. Hmm. I'm hoping the first one isn't true, but I'm stuck between the second two. (laughs) I'm going to guess that the third one is true. Am I right? Uh, No. (laughs) The second one? The second one. The second one. (laughs) Okay. Yes, I haven't written any book. I was working in Ernst and Young, and I had a good two, two and a half, three years work ex, and then I was trying to study. And in the middle of all of that, I started teaching. So, <laughs> good thing. Oh, awesome! And then did teaching take over from there? Yes, completely. <laughs> it have to. <laughs> okay. So tell me, what was your own musical upbringing like? Did you take lessons at a young age? What was was your experience with music? Yes, so my parents were always into Indian classical music and uh, they pushed me and my sister to start with singing. So we used to sing. We started quite young when we were about five years old and we used to sing Indian classical music. All through school, we were in the choir and uh, it was mostly Indian classical music till, say, age 10. Then I started learning the keyboard and lots of songs and chords and just that. And then around 13, I I used to go to places and see the piano. I was always fascinated by it. And uh, then I started learning piano quite late, actually, from 13 years old, I think. And uh, since then, I've been just going on till now. So um, I used to to learn from a teacher close by and then I shifted to another teacher. And uh, yeah, so I used to play in school. I used to play for friends, for family, and now I'm teaching. Wonderful. So it sounds like you were pretty motivated to start since you got, you started on keyboard and then you moved to piano. Did you always practice? 
yeah i think so <laughs> i used to practice and i used to like doing it so i used to be excited to practice and uh, whatever we used to do for one week so we used to go for class and then that one week was practice week so i used to be excited to go back home and play the piece right after class and uh, play through the week so i used to play a lot when i was young fantastic what do you think motivated you to do that was it just that you'd wanted to take for so long or was it the type of music you were learning that you were just really interested in it i think both and i used to just love the instrument so the whole thing of having a big piano in your house and trying to have nice songs out of it so the book pieces which we used to do in class and other than the book all the songs which we used to hear and uh, sing so i used to play all that and what motivated me was just the instrument i loved it so i used to just keep playing whatever i wanted to oh that's beautiful so was there anything in your early lessons that you feel you missed out on that you wish had been included sooner like improvisation or using games or different genres you wish you'd been introduced to um <clears throat> i think improvisation is something we haven't touched much on we used to have some some days where we would just try to understand how to improvise but we never went into deep improvisation so it's just a very uh, not so touched on topic over here i think games we used to do but not as creative and as much as now so uh, i think games were were there but now the kind of games have really changed and it's quite interesting to see i am fascinated by half of your games <laughs> so oh that's wonderful yeah. though that it was still playful and there were games involved yeah and we used to have group group classes um not always maybe once a month or something where i used to be with another child and then we would both do something together so that kind of interaction we used to have but improvisation not so much. Okay, super. So you said a little bit about how you got your start in teaching that you left your other job, but can you elaborate on that? What was your first student and how did you really get into this? Yeah, so I was uh, working and then I left my job and I thought I'd study further and uh, I was preparing for my GMAT exam. And uh, just in that break, about two months, three months, one of my teacher, my teacher had a student from my neighborhood and they wanted to join her, but she was completely full. So she asked me, do you want to try and start off with the kid? And uh, she's a small one, so you should be able to manage. And uh, she said, give it a shot. And then once, maybe after a month or two, I'll take over. So I said, okay, I have the time and I think I can manage a young student. So I started teaching her and uh, because she was uh, new, it was easy for me to start with the basics. And of course, I took help from my teacher and uh, how, which book to start on and which um, lesson to teach in the first class and how to step-by-step -step proceed. So I started with one student and then another one, you know, their friends only, they started calling and I said sure I can teach but I was definitely thinking of stopping after a month or two and then when they were old enough I would send them to my teacher and uh, just that started continuing and then more people got to know and they called and I said okay 
I am not studying as much, so I can try teaching. And it just started and it went on like that. Oh, that's wonderful. And I think it's a fairly common story that your teacher, your former teacher passes on a student and it's wonderful that she was there yeah. to give you advice in the beginning and get you started. Exactly. So can you tell me or can you think of a particular student who changed something about your teaching or your business? So about my teaching, I had a very young three and a half, four year old who came and uh, I initially thought that I'm not going to start with such a young student. I have nothing to do because the student could not read the alphabets were not set in and the words were not set in right now so i said i can't start with a book what do i do in class and uh, then the parents were really pushy so i said okay give me a week let me plan out the classes and uh, i started going online and searching for tricks and ways to teach such young kids and that's where i came upon your website and uh, i started with the dogs and gates the small cards which you just have to place and uh, the kid really enjoyed so I just started with a half an hour session with those uh, cards and then we had some oral skills with highs and lows so there was nothing to do with the book but we had enough to do for half an hour other than the book so because of that student I basically started going into the game part of it and uh, which has been very helpful with uh, a little older kids also because Everyone likes to get out of the books and start doing something more creative, I think. So that changed my way of teaching. And I've started including games or worksheets. And now because of it, the online system, I've started using the screen share. So lots of online games have started happening. So the way of teaching changed from that little one. And uh, about the business, I've had a few parent instances where I've had missed classes, but no fees for that. And lots of uh, to and fro's about fees payment or uh, missed lessons without cover-ups, with cover-ups. So initially I was quite lenient and I thought it's okay, I'll give you a cover-up, even if it's an end minute miss. But slowly I started realizing that it's not working out for me. And... Uh, if I have a monthly system, I should be following that instead of making it a class-wise system. So there was one particular parent who sort of became quite negative about this whole system and uh, didn't like how I was asking for a class piece, even though they missed it. But according to my rules, that's a part of it, right? So if you don't inform me in advance, I will not cover that up. So that incident really made me a little more strict, I started writing down the policies. And before they join me, they have to first read those and be okay with it. So that in future, there's no uh, argument or to and fro related to missed lessons or fees. And uh, it's just easy to explain to the parents. So business-wise, I think one of the parents and class-wise, a small student. Yes. That story about um, your first preschool student or young beginner uh, teaching you about including games because you had to, because you had nothing else that you could do. Exactly. <laughs> that, 
that's almost my exact story. That's how I really got into gaming oh, myself. Oh, good. Preschoolers and just going, right, well, I need more things. So that's why I started creating. Yeah, exactly. So it's fun that you have the same oh, story with using that. That's yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So can you tell me about a mistake that you've made in your teaching? This could be a more general thing, like a trend, or it could be like a one-time instance that you oh, I wish I'd done that differently mm. so there are some students who now after a few uh, young students I realize that they are learning faster and uh, the old ones who I started off initially with had a slower learning curve and they would uh, try to read music but it was slower and uh, the ones which I see nowadays uh, they're just faster to pick up. So I think my uh, books, which I've started, uh, first I used to directly start with one series. I now try to mix and match with them, try to put in the games. So I think just the overall method with the young ones because uh, they are so sharp. They can learn anything so easily. So I think if I teach them correctly, they're able to get the hang of it much quicker. So... I think more on that. I don't have any particular instance where I've gone completely messed up and wrong. But overall, I feel that now I'm much uh, planned, much more planned. Yeah, better idea of the sequencing and everything. Exactly. Beautiful. If you could turn back time then and talk to your first year teaching self when you took on that first student from your old teacher, what advice would you give them? Did you check that? Yeah, again, I'm going to go back to my point where I say that I should be more assertive at uh, the points which I lay down to the parents at the beginning of a class because after a few months when we're both comfortable with each other, those policies start uh, shifting and we both start getting more comfortable with each other. But because of that, it makes it difficult for me to lay down the policies and um, kind of reiterate to all the policies again. So I think I need to have a balance between being a professional and not being able to melt maybe because of their uh, reasons so that I have my class running smoothly but also be at a place where the parents are okay to communicate about um, what the child is going through or whatever problems they are having so just be more assertive I think be more assertive and set some rules right now <laughs> if you were and stick to them myself because I sometimes yeah. get uh, carried away with whatever the problems are I think for me handling children is easier than handling parents so many teachers, I think. Yes. Yeah. Also because uh, I think they all think that you're very young and they can completely manage their child and their teacher. So I sort of have to keep telling them that these are my policies, these are my rules, and I have to keep reminding them that this is not happening right now. So the parents are more challenging than the students sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Okay, last question then. I want you to imagine a teacher out there listening to this show and maybe they're 
not a member of any association like Vibrant Music Teaching, and they're just sitting there in their home studio feeling like somehow they're not doing it right. No matter what right is, maybe they're not teaching right, they don't feel like they don't have the right qualifications, they don't feel like they know enough about business. What advice could you give them? Um, I think that if you are really interested and if you love music or any instrument, um, that's one part of it done. Because then you're wanting to teach and you're wanting to discuss that with more students and you'd like to share it. And I love to share my tricks or the way I used to learn things up. And I find it very fascinating when that works for another student. So if you are happy with how you've learned, I think that's one part of it done. And uh, I think every student you learn much more. So even till now, it's been four or five years. But with every new student, I think I learn one new thing that, okay, I could have taught this in, in the other way or uh, how to handle some situations better. So it keeps coming and it's ongoing, I think. So there's no... Uh, no need to be stressed about the business part of it or the teaching part of it. Teaching keeps going on and it's actually quite fun. We're dealing with the best age group, I think, where they are so uh, loving and they are so interested in uh, games. So games and talking and making a whole story about their books. So I think all of that helps you yourself teach much better. And uh, in terms of business, I think... Uh, you just need to keep talking to a few more people in the same uh, profession. So something like uh, vibrant music teaching or uh, colorful keys where you have people with the same uh, thoughts and you can share. And there have been so many times where I see a flash coming that have you gone through the same thing with uh, policies or fees or uh, holidays. So I think all of that in a forum or a discussion really helps you and boosts you with the same thoughts. So business-wise, you should, I think, talk to more people in the same profession. And uh, teaching-wise, I think you just need to keep uh, refreshing your resources and uh, I think enjoy it. Yes, enjoy it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for doing this interview with me. This has been wonderful. Most welcome. Pleasure for me too. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. Do you love this show? Then please share your favorite episode with a teacher friend who you think might enjoy it and benefit from it. If you resonated with today's story, then the Vibrant Music Teaching membership is probably a good fit for you too. Find out more at vibrantmusicteaching.com.